I want to strip my clothes off right now. Go to the beach. Makes me want to do. Probably shouldn't say it. Makes me want to do ketamine. Butt naked. All right. Welcome to another episode. Every time I'm gonna listen to this song, I'm gonna picture Kevin Drosh butt naked. Okay. Well, I would never want to do that. Any any context. No, nobody in the world actually wants to see that. Okay, welcome to another episode. You heard me, Kevin Drosh. Nobody in the world wants to see you naked. Casual and connoisseur. I'm Phil Dixon. This is Mike Cadino. Uh, we're here to talk some, you know. Listen, Phil, we don't have much time. So get going. <laughs> no intro. No intro. Raw dog. All right. Well, let's start with the NBA because there's more NFL action. So we could just save it until we have no more time left. Um, NBA, there's only one thing I really want to talk about. Uh, I know the John Morant suspension thing. Honestly, it it doesn't really move me too much considering he's going to be back in two games. He's already played out six games of the suspension. He's going to be back next week, the beginning of next week. So that doesn't really move me too much. Uh, I could, I could comment in length about his statements, but at this point, rather not, we talked about it last week. So I just want to talk about something that's been on my mind, which is, uh, I actually been bothering me. It's been irking me with how horrible it's gotten the worst it's ever been, which is the MVP discourse. What do you mean by the MVP discourse? Like the, the conversation surrounding it. Where? I, I'm on social media a lot. Well, not just social media. On uh, You're a Twitter whore. Sure. I'm on there a lot. And uh, it gets, that, that site gets nasty. It's Honestly, toxic. On it's horrible. It, it's, it's one of the worst places ever, but I just can't get off of it. It's, it's, it should be investigated how uh, addictive that app is, but it's, it's really one of the worst places ever. And the discourse of MVP has gotten to all-time lows there. Not just there, but, I mean, it, it, punditry across the board. You have people on TV, radio, any discussion about it has gotten very, very toxic. Um, obviously, now it's between three guys. Right? We have about 15 games left in the season. It's been three between three guys, Joel Embiid, Nikola Jokic, and uh, Giannis Tenekumpo. I say Joel Embiid's name first, by the way, because after yesterday, like mid-game, I've never seen the line move mid-game, but as, like, as the game is progressive, progressing, the end-of-season lines for MVP is moving. Joel Embiid, now the favorite. Granted, you know, it's, it's betting lines, and they, they move pretty often. Uh, he's a plus-100 favorite, so even money there. Jokic, now the second uh, he was a favorite for most of the season. He's now plus 160. Giannis, third, but not too far behind, plus 370. Honestly, it could be any man's race here. The issue that I have with it is uh, how really, really a lot of sports discussions in general are where just there's no nuance, right? It's it's extremism, punditry extremism. We will talk about sports. They don't talk about it with any sense of grace. It's always uh, either one end of the spectrum. You're either the uh, at zero or at a hundred, and that's kind of where it's gone with Nikola Jokic, because I've never seen also a guy who, whose reputation in the league has completely dropped in like a week span, or he went from I don't want to say universally beloved, but from a guy that was well respected across the league. Now the way people talk about this guy, it's like it's like 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 any you know random like an Ivica Zubac, like that's that's who they treat him like now. You'd, you'd be surprised to see that this guy is having a historic season when it's who? Well, why though? I don't understand. I, well, that's what it, honestly a lot of this the, the snowball he doesn't play defense. That's part of it. I, I wouldn't say he doesn't play defense. I mean, it, it's he's not the best defender. He's I, I, not even close to the defender that Giannis Antetokounmpo or Joel Embiid are, but. It's not really a two-way street when it comes to the NBA. As much as people like to pretend, like, you know, there are two sides to the game, but offense, it's so much more weighted in offense than is defense. I mean, like, look at the best players and their defensive players that aren't, 
you know, Giannis or Embiid, like Jaron Jackson Jr., Brooke Lopez, uh, even in guards, like last year defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart. Who's a better player in basketball, Nikola Jokic or Marcus Smart? It's not even particularly close either. There's guys who are amazing defenders who can't even play because they can't play offense. Guys like Tybal or Gary Payton uh, the second. I mean, Gary Payton the second plays, but uh, these guys can't even play on the court because they're amazing defenders. But if you don't have the offense, you're not there. Yeah, in this new era, it's an offensive league. You can't shoot, you can't play. So why, why is Embiid now the favorite over Joker? Is there any particular well, reason why? Now the Nuggets have lost a few in a row, Yeah, correct? right in, at, at this exact moment, the Nuggets have dropped four straight. And a lot of the, I don't even know where this came from. Like, I hear the term empty stats a lot with Jokic recently. And I there's no term maybe I hate less, or I hate more, I should say, than empty stats. Because what does that mean? What, what Truly, what does that mean? Is he... He's chasing numbers. It, it doesn't seem like. I mean, the guys. I mean, the number one seed in the West. Yeah, it, it'd be, exactly. It'd be one thing if they were they were getting crushed every game, and he's like, "Well, I got my triple double, so that's all that matters." They're they're number one in the West, even with this four game losing streak. They're still comfortably number one in the West. I mean, the Kings are rising up. They're they're great, but they're still, I think, four games back right now. So they're they're still the best team in the league. So they're still winning. So I don't understand this empty stats term. But uh, as of right now, I still think I have Jokic leaning a little bit. It's anyone's race because there's still like almost a quarter of the entire season left to go. People are acting like the season's ending today. So people, you know, this guy has no chance. This guy's no chance. That's where that's where people lose me. When people well, let me say, ask you one quick question. Sure. If you took Joker off the Nuggets, how good would they be? Well, that's where I'd like to uh, move forward with this with some of the numbers. Because uh, right now in on-off net rating, you know, the, the team's net rating when uh, the players on the floor versus off the floor. Jokic is comfortably number one in the league by far. Uh, and obviously you see that too with the offense. I mean, I did this little thing where actually, yeah, let's talk about offense here because right now Nikola Jokic is having one of the five best offensive seasons in NBA history. And I'd say that five pretty comfortably. Like some, some people are arguing as good as two behind Steph Curry's 2016 season. First off, by far the best passing season by a big man by a wide margin ever we've ever seen. He's the best passing passing big man in NBA history, and it's by such a wide margin, it's a disservice to even say that anymore. He might be the best. No, it's like saying Steph Curry might be the best shooter ever. It's not even worth the argument, so there's no point of even saying you know he might be anymore. He is, very clearly. One of the most efficient volume shooting seasons we've ever seen. He's the third player in NBA history right now to average a triple-double over the course of the season, which, you know, you want to talk about counting stats there. Still, the third player to ever do that, the only two other guys were guards, so he's doing that as a center. No center has ever had these type of uh, assist numbers. I, I talked about the most efficient volume scoring seasons ever, right? Get this. I'm going to list every single player in NBA history to score 20 points, 20 as, as a benchmark. That's pretty doable. If, if you score over 20 points per game, you know you're one of the better offensive players. Every player in NBA history to score 20 points a game on 70% true shooting. Ready for it? Nikola Jokic. What is true shooting again? It's, it values in three-pointers and free throws. So okay. it values everything. It, it weights it all together. So here's every player in NBA history to score 20-plus a game on 70-plus true shooting percentage. So obviously Nikola Jokic this year. That's it. No one else has ever done this before. He's the only player to ever do this. And... It, it, it's his offense. So is what's Embiid's uh, true p- shooting percentage? He, he's he's above league average. Uh, league average is about 58 percent this year. I think he's in the low sixties. But seventy uh, percent is unreal. Even Steph Curry, that that MVP season, the twenty sixteen unanimous MVP season, was in the high sixties. I mean, granted, he did that, and it was also uh, the scoring leader. Scored thirty points a game. It's Nikola Jokic's unreal efficiency this year. Another crazy stat: 
Only two games this entire season, Nikola Jokic has shot under 50% from the field. 50. That's not, you know, a low barometer. Under 50% from the field. That's as many 70-point games we've had this season. We had two 71-point games this season. That's as many times as Jokic has shot under 50%. And as a reference, the other two guys in this MVP race, Jokic and, or sorry, Embiid and Giannis, that's as many games as they shot below 30% this season. So why is he not the favorite? Defense is where he's lacking, right? These guys have that on the other end. Giannis is on the best team in the league right now. You could always argue the best player on the best team is always going to be in the MVP race in some contention. So he's there. And the Bucks have been amazing. This last stretch, amazing since uh, Middleton's gotten but back. He's probably not going to win that. He's plus 370. He's, he's really the third here. one. You know what? He did kind of start the season off a little slower. Uh, people kind of forget that. Like, not even start the season now. By the time, and this is just subjective to me, by the time the All-Star game came up, I had him as a reserve and pretty comfortably. I had Kevin Durant, Jason Tatum, and uh, Embiid starting in the front court over him. So, you know, that was only 20 games ago, too. But since then, the, the Bucks have, you know, completely evolved. They've won, I think, 20 of their last 22 games. Wow. So they're on another level now. Um, real quick, I just want to touch up on a couple of things. Jamal Murray, he's been struggling this, this uh, recent four-game losing stretch or losing streak, I should say, and he's not getting any of the blame, right? For some reason, it all goes on Jokic. In this four-game stretch, Jamal Murray, who's supposed to be the second-best player on this team, 18 of 73 from the field, that's 24.6%, 9 of 35 from three-point range. Clearly, if you have your second-best player struggling, you're going to struggle. Your team's going to struggle offensively. And I talked about this load of offense. Per cleaning the glass, I did this little thing where I did every single team, if you removed their highest scorer, uh, where they're rank, how their offense looks. Per cleaning the glass, the Nuggets have the worst offense in the in the league without their highest scorer. Not not just the worst offense in the league. They have a 106 offensive rating. For reference, the Charlotte Hornets currently have the worst offensive rating in the NBA, 109.7. So almost four points than the worst offense in the entire NBA when Jokic is not on the floor. And for reference, you have to use these other guys, the other uh, MVP candidates here. Joel Embiid. Without him, the 76ers have the third best offense in the entire NBA. One was 115 offensive rating. That would be the 13th best offense in the entire NBA right now. About average offense with Embiid off the floor. Uh, the Bucks' sixth best offensive rating without Giannis on the floor. That would be about uh, 112 offensive rating, about 25th in the NBA. So clearly the offense that Nikola Jokic provides is so much more detrimental to the success of their team than either of these two other guys. It's interesting. You know what you should do? You should yeah. clip this. You should send it to the NBA, and you should just say, "This is why Joker should run." Because you sold me. I don't really watch much, but you don't. You sold me. Listen now. What would, now you said the argument against him is defense. Sure. I, I mean, listen. I think he's far from elite on defense. That's you know not much to argue. A lot of these uh, uh, advanced stats. So say, if you would vote, you would vote for Joker. I, if the, and how season, close would it be? It's close. That's. I don't want to say like like Joel Embiid. I don't want to take anything away from him. Right. Praise, this, this is where people lose me when they talk about the sport. They think praise for one player uh, means they have to also, you know, criticize another. All three of these guys are having amazing seasons and could be rightful MVP any other season, right? It's a very close race right now. Joel Embiid is actually, like, I was I was breaking down the numbers. He's quickly rising as one of the best scoring, actually, he might be the best scoring center ever. And, you know, this is the, with the likes of Shaqs and Wilts and Kareems. What he's doing right now, scoring the ball, is is ridiculous. 
and he should be commended for it, and which is why he's in the MVP race also with his great defense. So he's been having a great season. Giannis, I think, is the best defender of the three, is uh, a shoo-in for uh, defensive player of the year consideration. All three of these guys, I think... This is where I come from. You shouldn't have to criticize one to to praise the others. All three of these guys are amazing players, and it's going to be an extremely close race coming down the stretch. Right now, if the season ended, I'd have Jokic by a little bit, but it's anyone's game. How many games do I have? 12? Uh, I, yeah, about 15 or so. Each team is a little bit different. So what you're saying is I should leave right after we finish recording this, take every single dollar I have <laughs> in my bank account and put it on Joker? No, because the numbers are the numbers are clearly trending for Embiid. Everyone's kind of hopping on the Embiid bandwagon. Not only that, I've seen, it's weird, I'm seeing like Sixers fans and Bucks fans literally team up against jo- uh, Jokic just so he doesn't get his third MVP. You know what a lot of Maybe it is? Maybe his third straight MVP. Yeah, and that, that's I think that's where it rubs people the wrong way. It's because like no well, one's... people don't like the cut of his jib, and I said this last week, people do thing. not like the cut of Joker's jib. And I don't blame them. He's got awful jib. Listen, dude, this is a guy. He he, he does he's not got bad jib though. That's he, all that matters. He doesn't even care about winning MVP, which is awesome. That's that's the coolest part about him. He has zero social media accounts. So all the stuff that's happening right now, this war on social media, he has no no idea about. The guy even said he like lost his first MVP award. He doesn't know where it is. The second one, he like awarded to his pet horse. The guy, he just like this is like side for him. He obviously wants to win basketball games. All these guys want to win a championship. That's number one for all of them. MVP second, but I think a lot of people are are caught up on. Uh, this being his third straight MVP, the fact that like Jordan or LeBron have never done it. Well, the only guys that have ever done it are Bird, uh, Bill Russell, and I think Wilt. So like they, that's where they're caught up. They, they just don't want him to be the fourth player ever, especially to do something that LeBron and Jordan never did. But that's not the point here. You, have to, you can't contextualize it in history. You have to do who is the best player each season. And I think right now, Jokic is the best player this season. It's riveting stuff. That is just riveting stuff. Don't Phil. patronize me. Jesus and now Jordan. we have no more time left. So... Um, <laughs> That was one of the best podcasts I've ever done in my entire life. I said a grand total of maybe 15 words. We didn't even touch on football. We didn't even touch on baseball. But, hey, um, that's that's life. That's life. We have three minutes left. Any questions you'd like to ask me about the NFL? Sure. Fire them off! I, I, we, have, we have to start with the most obvious elephant Don't in the room. Don't say Aaron Rodgers. No. All right. I was going to talk about... Cameron Sutton signing a three-year deal with the... You don't even know what team it's with. Yeah, no, let's talk about Aaron Rodgers. What is there to say? There's a lot to say. Okay, go. Shoot. Fire off any one, questions. One, one of have. the best quarterbacks of all time. You know, arguably still in his prime. Yeah, was, you know, last year was, was a little bit... I don't know about prime, but... But he won... He's still a, a, the, arguably the best quarterback in the league, so yeah, sure. Exactly. So... And he, he's he's talking about switching teams to a team that's historic, like at least the last decade hasn't even made the playoffs. I should say it's been uh, a disappointment. You you don't have any takes on this? Um, I've spoken about this for months. It's going to happen now. It's just a matter of when it happens. Sure. It, it, it seems as if what I found interesting. Rogers was on the McAfee show yesterday. What I found interesting is that he kind of gave the Packers the leverage by going out and say, "I want to be on the Jets." Now the Packers say, "All right, well, we're gonna at least see what we can get. We're gonna we're gonna make these Jet guys sweat because." Who's available now? They got exactly. nothing. All the free agents are gone. You could, the worst comes to worst, if it all fell through, then you could potentially try to make a move for Lamar. That would be the backup plan at this point. But it seems like the Packers, they're going to say, all right, give us two first round picks. If not, who, what are you going to get? You're going to have two first round picks for Lamar then, and you're going to have to pay him for four years. So I think by going on that show yesterday, he gave the Packers some leverage, and I don't know when it's going to get done now. Doug Kaiser, Digital Doug, also known as, he came up to me and said that it's not going to happen until June 1st. I saw a report today that it might wow. not happen until September. 
September. Jeez. That was by the NY Post. They do anything for clicks. So son of a bitch. I hate the NY Post. I actually don't. Um, you have to respect the hustle, man. Get it, to get clicks. You know what it's like. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. But I don't know when it's going to happen. Let me, my main point here. Let me ask but It's going to happen. If, if you are the Jets, right, how far do you go to get Rodgers? Like, what are you willing to give up? Anything. Actually, anything. No, I not mean, anything. Because they have a lot of good young talent. No. You're going to give up a first-round pick this year. Mm-hmm. You're going to give up Elijah Moore. Okay. And then, I mean, if you have to, two first-round picks seems like a lot. But if you have to do two first-round picks, so you have to do a first-round pick, Elijah Moore, and like a second or third-round pick, I think you got to do it. You got to get this done because you are Super Bowl contenders with this man. And then, like I've said since day one, just sign Odell Beckham too. Just do it. It gives you that alpha receiver that they don't have right now. Garrett Wilson's young. He's a guy that's trending up. He's a guy that could be really, really good this year. But do they have that real two? They bring in Alan Lazard. I don't know about Elijah Moore. He's coming off a bad season. You bring in Odell. You got two elite wide receivers for one of the best quarterbacks of all time. You parlay that with one of the better young running backs in the league. And you have a potential Super Bowl winning team. And on that note, we got to wrap it up. All right. One last thing with this. One thing I didn't understand from my perspective is, you know, he made that list and it had a bunch of... The wish list was nonsense. According to Rogers on the Pat McAfee. Well, Rogers will also say anything. I do believe the whole I was ninety percent going to retire. No, I don't believe ninety percent. I don't believe any of that. It's probably ten percent. He's not going to retire. No, he's too petty to retire. He's too good too. He's too good and he's too petty. And once he knew the Packers wanted to give, he's like, I'm going to stuff it in their face now. So uh, Rogers next year, if he's a Jet, you said Super Bowl is. Super I don't Bowl, think they'll win the Super Bowl there, but Super they are Bowl Super Bowl contenders. No, it's not Super Bowl bust. But are they better than the Bills? Yes, they're better than the Bills. They're so. better than yeah, absolutely. Are they better than Miami? Absolutely. Miami's are they better getting than the good. Ravens? Mi- absolutely. Miami sneaky getting. They're not, they're not even sneaky. They're up front getting like they're great. Their defense. Heavy. Their defense is solid. They're top heavy. Their defense That's is fair. okay. If Jalen Ramsey is is what he is supposed to be. He's an aging cornerback. He's already going into year 10. He, I know he made eight Pro Bowls in nine seasons. But on that note, that 17 minute podcast is finished. It landed. All right, I got to go. All, All right. right. Thanks, Mike. Mother,